bro, wait, hold on. I got to talk to you about this. What happened? It's the funniest fucking shit. I, I'm like, I had Twitter pulled up for like a half second in my ADHD adult brain. And I unironically see a headline that says that the Barbie movie with Ryan Gosling is rumored to end with transgender Ken, a cliffhanger, and a possible lesbian kiss. Based compartment? Uh, <laughs> can, can you imagine the mauled if this was real? Can you imagine the meltdown that would occur? The best quote retweet I've seen is, The year is 2023. I walk into the last remaining Planned Parenthood, excited <laughs> to start HRT. The receptionist politely asked me to wait in the lobby. The entire room is filled with guys in drive jackets. <laughs> <laughs> oh he's just like me for real <laughs> she's just like me for real she's just like me for real i'm gonna put that in as like a cold open fuck it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> start the show for real now odious mobius eggman closing in on his ultimate goal we gotta call my team back at old night Hey everyone, welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. We've got an interesting lineup for today. I mean, the story is chugging along. We're deep into the uh, Shadow World Crisis now. So what's going to happen with kind of how the team is? Because with the Sonic Universe comics we have for you as well, it really is Ian like kind of filling in the gaps of what Sonic Unleashed had. Particularly, Knuckles lives on a floating island, right? So what the fuck happened when the planet's continents lifted into the fucking sky? What happened? Well, we'll answer that question later. We will. Because right now, the first comic we've got is of the mainline, Sonic the Hedgehog, issue 260, folks. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, 260 comics, guys. Like, like, let's just stop for a second and actually think. This comic, still not and close to done, really. But still, 260 comics. That is kind of unheard of. Covered 100 plus issues consistently, bro. Can you believe that? Yeah. And that's just the mainline stuff. That's not even counting universe, yeah, too. It's not like counting how many... universe or, or any of the side stuff. Yeah, no, it's insane. Damn, look at us. Built different. We are. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog fans truly are built differently. <laughs> All right. Well, Ian Flynn, obviously, is the writer. And we have a new artist on board this time, Jennifer Hernandez. And uh, she actually is like another longtime Sonic fan joining the team. She did off-panel pencils before doing, like, full covers. Obviously, Archie Sonic was her break in the industry and still works for IDW Sonic today. You love to see it. You do, in fact, love to see it. So we begin. Nicole is displaying images for the team. Some creatures. Weird night creatures attacking citizens in Westopolis. Local law enforcement and gun were able to handle the situation. But thankfully, no one was seriously hurt. So Tails wonders... These creatures may be linked to the Gaia manuscripts and result to the current situation, right? Bunny thinks that the creature's result of people's being corrupted into that purple energy, which uh, Sonic is seen like a little like, ah, uh, uh, um, um, 
uh, he quickly rushes over to Antoine and Bunny saying, guys, you're overthinking it. You know, thanks to the props, we know what to do. Find the Chaos Emeralds, plug them into the Gaia Temple, save the world simple. So Sally's got a plan. So she's been in the Sky Patrol cross-referencing egg death data, and she'll be sending Sonic Rotor and Amy out to do recon for a possible Gaia Temple. And also reiterates, be careful out there. We don't know how everyone is handling the crisis right now, and it's not exactly like we met every race and culture out there. So some time passes. Sonic, Amy, and Rotor are walking along a beach looking for this temple. Rotor is a, a little grumpy, saying that this may not be a good use of their time. We're not even sure if there's a Gaia temple out here. Even Pickle doesn't have concrete data on this. Sonic and Rotor are bickering back and forth about it as Amy gets lured away. It's like, hey, wait, do, do you guys hear something like the, the sound of music? Amy then finds like a little hole in the sand. The sound's coming from here. And she calls into it saying, hey, your, your song's really beautiful. Hey. And then the music stops. It's like, what? Hey, who are you? Are you Sonic the Hedgehog? No, no but he's, he's with me. Oh, okay. Stay right there. Someone will come get for you. About 15 minutes path. Sonic is getting a little more and more impatient as time goes on. But eventually, the person that they're coming to collect them shows up. So this is actually very interesting. I don't think there's any other Sonic media that does this. But it shows off an aquatic Mobian. This guy is called Razor the Shark with his pet Chow Crusher. And he figures that they are his surface dwellers that he's looking for. And um, listen, folks, I'm sorry, but I am going to say it. This design is too Tumblr sexy man for my liking. Yeah, it's kind of true. I don't mind this character, but good God, it looks like he was like, all right, how do we create the most visually appealing Tumblr sexy man furry character possible? And then they just slapped a bunch of shit on a board and said, this guy. And they're like, ship it. Yeah, all he needs is like some eyeliner. E-boy. Oh my god, why would you say that? Every time I speak, someone is cursed. Razor says, listen, I'm the protector of the UBC shrine. Crusher also tries to bite Sonic because he got uh, Razor's sharp teeth. And Razor's like, hey, yo. So look, I'm here to collect you guys. One of you said are like a great hero or something. And Sonic's like, yeah, I guess I'm that. You know, the one who beat the Eggman Empire by a million miles. Razor and Sonic kind of just like glare at each other and Razor's like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. So what? The priestess is expecting you, so good enough for me. Rotor then comments to Sonic saying, hey, maybe it might be worth the time to ask the locals about Gaia temples. To which Razor says he doesn't really know what they're talking about, but there's like some kind of temple in the shrine. Maybe that's what you're looking for, but look here. And he gives them these necklaces called air charms. Follow me, you don't want to be here past nightfall, trust me. So now the three have submerged and are following Razor. Don't go sightseeing, we, we haven't really had visitors for a while. Honestly, I don't even know if these air charms completely work. Amy and Rotor are like swimming behind. These air charms let them breathe underwater. They don't even need an air bubble to protect them. Amy even says that her clothes still feel dry too, pretty cool. Amy asks Sonic how he's doing when he responds, Oh, you know me, I'm fine, I can handle anything. Meanwhile, internally, hate water, hate water, can't swim, hate all those water lodges, and hate fighting chaos, he was made of water, hate water, hate water, you know, casual little mental breakdown. It happens to the best of us, King. Yeah, exactly, especially when you're underwater. Razor leads the three into a cavern to which they eventually pop out, Sonic grabbing the rock on land within the cavern, uh, <laughs> you know, despite it being sand. Uh, screaming as a citizen tells him to quiet down. 
this little uh, shark girl says, like, shut up for making noise. You're going to interrupt her again. You know, it's all good, but they end up just following Razor, coming to find another fish woman. She's playing a flute of light as they see an angel chow go into its cocoon. It's all calm now, and everyone introduces each other. Her name is Coral. She is the priestess of this shrine. The little one, Pearly, my apprentice, and you meet Razor, of course. So her job here is to take care of their sacred chow Aquarius, help it enter its rebirth cycle. And, you know, she begins to explain the chow's, like, life cycle, but Amy's like, no, 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 we, we, we got a friend of ours who knows how to raise chow too, actually. And Coral's like, oh, wow, I didn't know you landwalkers had chow too. Cool. Now, she sees Sonic. Oh, so you're the person that the spirits said to help me. Awesome. Rotor says we don't know anything about spirits, but since we're here, can you confirm that this place is... Amy just jabs him. <laughs> you know, we're the freedom fighters. We're happy to help. You know, whatever you need. So Coral is a little unsettled, though. Doesn't seem to understand what the spirit meant. Razor just sends her off to her room to rest. And also, Pearly, she takes the air charms that they had to be recharged. And reiterates to the Freedom Fighters, don't get caught outside at night. So just rest for a second, okay? Okay. As they're about to go to bed... Amy calls Sally on, I guess everyone now has a Miles Electric. So she's calling her, telling her about what's going on. Sally says, I'm a little envious that you guys got to meet a new culture firsthand. So, and hey, well, you guys are here. Um, is, is Sonic, is Sonic doing okay? Yeah. yeah, he's fine. He was a little freaked out going underwater, but otherwise he's just kind of being himself, living his life. You know, you know, he's outside playing with the chow. It's all good. Sally comments that his exposure to the dark energy does have her worried. Even if he doesn't care, just please keep an eye on him. We're closing in on a Chaos Emerald, so the Sky Patrol's gonna stop, and we're gonna walk the rest of the way on foot. Don't need Eggman to know about this. Now the call's done, Amy steps out to take a walk, finds Coral looking at Aquarius's cocoon. She's kind of worried about the reincarnation process. The last time she was just in training, so she doesn't really want to do anything wrong. But Amy says that it always looked professional enough to her. Maybe I should have brought Cream along. You know, she raises a child, so I bet you two could hit it off. And, you know, speaking of friends, maybe Tails could have just flown blowing us down through the ceiling holes and then she's just like what you you can fly with your tails no never mind I'll, I'll introduce you all later but look amy then comments about her song that she was playing earlier coral calls it the mystic melody a tune passed from one priestess to the next also seems to be the only thing i can do right lately so that's another game concept being brought into the Archie world. The Mystic Melody was a power-up from SA2 that you could do at these little shrines to create different effects. Most often, it's just like a little warp hole that you can jump across the stage with if you had it. See, this is one of the things about Reboot that I like. It is the integration of game concepts into the world in a natural and unique feeling way. This is something that we will talk more about later when we eventually get to IDW. But post-reboot Archie does this very well, and I think it is something to note here. I like this stuff a lot. It's really cool. She continues, the melody can power the power rings that energize the city. They sustain the water shield to keep the city from harm too, and also commune with spirits. But no one really seems to believe that part, and I'm probably just crazy. Amy just says like, no way, I don't think so. Listen... Listen, I've seen some stuff, man, okay? I'll believe anything you tell me. <laughs> she's like, what? Uh, like, like, what? Exactly. And then she's like, oh, you know, like, wannabe machine gods, giant mecha salamanders glued to space stations, princesses from other dimensions who control fire. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah Amy's seen some shit. <laughs> yeah, so Coral's like, oh, oh God, I can't be as much adventurous as you are. Or Amy thinks to herself that honestly, Coral reminds her a lot from when she first met Sonic. You know, always having to rely on him to save her. You know, I bet she is stronger than she looks. Important thing to note here is that they show Sonic CD and SA1, an early version. Well, this is obviously early in SA1. It is also important that they are making note that Amy's game canon confidence boost from SA1 is brought forward. I like that. Very I good. I like that a lot. That's another good way that, that, that this comic does it. The next morning, Sonic and Rotor are investigating the temple inside the shrine. Sonic says that despite it being, like, bigger on the inside, there's not really much in here that says, put Chaos Emerald here. Rotor, though, has analyzed the stone, thinking it is much older than anything else in here, so maybe it's a Gaia Temple? But only maybe, though. Nearby, Amy is with Razor and the Chow, uh, immediately as they hear Coral screaming in fear, so they immediately rush to her. And she's kind of a mess, crying on the ground. Sonic and Rotor are trying to console her, but Razor immediately accuses Sonic of doing something to her, and Rotor has to restrain him. Coral says, something is wrong with Aquarius's cocoon. She should have hatched by now. And on the other side, outside, Amy calls them back saying, guys, uh, we got some not-so-friendly company. As more aquatic Mobians accuse her of trespassing on sacred grounds. So this is going to get a little spicy, isn't it? Yeah, it's about to heat up. So that was our story A. We actually have a story B, which is surprising. We are going back to story Bs in these comics. So it's written by Allie Baker. So she's a new face as well. She was mostly a character designer for the book, but this is her first time writing a story. And I believe we did mention this in a previous episode, but she is also Ian's wife for the record. Oh, what? Yeah based all right okay Look, listen i'm just saying whatever these two have i want it so fucking bad anyway <laughs> uh, anyway Yo, it's just like me for real <laughs> anyway um so the story it's we'll make it quick so sally and her group are on the hunt for a chaos emerald she tracked it to an abandoned mine in the egg army in what was before the world shattered so like let's just let's just get on with it and they're at the door at the mine nicole says the place seems abandoned but things just don't seem to be as it should she can shut everything down for about 72 minutes i'll monitor things out here and i'll keep the lights on do what you gotta do so her team comprised of uh tails and antoine they are going deeper in the mine finding the place where the dig stopped although the data logs that they pulled don't mention why everything halted all they can tell was that their additional equipment was asked for but on the other side of this door there are strong chaos readings so nicole hacks in to open the door and then the team really really shocked to see what they're on the other side not a lot to talk about there mostly just uh like intro stuff you know intro a solid issue. I do like the introduction of more uh, more Mobian types and more cultures. That is obviously leading to us hopefully finding a temple. So let's move on to Sonic the Hedgehog issue 261. Flynn and Hernandez, the creative team. We begin. Sonic, Amy, and Rotor are met by the city guard of Maripis, led by one Captain Stryker, who is a mantis shrimp. So they're asking the priestess, why are you having outsiders come to sacred ground? Razor's upset at the accusation, insisting that she has better authority on crowd control for the shrine over the king and queen. Eventually, Coral walks out, saying that the city guard visit every morning because the power rings power of the city. So, Stryker then asks, where is the patron Chow? 
It was due to reincarnate, wasn't it? Korn explains it's still in its cocoon, but he says the reincarnation process should only be minutes. But Coral's meekly says like, well, you know, she is ancient. It could be just taken longer this time. Stryker does not like that answer, considering all the night creatures going about, and says that he will now arrest the charlatan, along with the trespassers, and will be brought to the king and queen. Already f out the gate, we have issues. Already out the fucking gate. This guy bitch made. You know, he's reminding me of another certain somebody. Uh, you know, he who he he who shall not be named. He who legally cannot be named. Yes, he <laughs> who legally cannot be named. <laughs> Sonic says, "Okay, listen. You can try to arrest me, or you can invite us to go along with Coral. Do you want this to be a casual stroll?" Or an international incident. What the Bitch? fuck? <laughs> Sonic just out here just like, hey, yo. <laughs> I, I kinda fuck, fuck around and find out, bitch. <laughs> I, I kind of fuck with that, honestly. I kind of fuck with that. Uh, no, I do too. Stryker then decides, after being told Pearly is capable of watching the temple, just have Sonic and Amy escort her to the royals to explain themselves and how they broke the protocol. Rotor decides to stay behind to watch Pearly and continue researching the temple, leaving Stryker to leave one of his guards, Echo, behind. And, um, Echo is a dolphin. Yeah. I think you can connect the dots from here. Ha 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 ha. That's, that's funny. Funny. That's funny. That's funny. Sonic, Amy, Coral, and Razor are going through the city. Amy's really entranced by the sight of an underwater city, although Sonic, of course, still not comfortable underwater. But they both notice that the citizens have not been really been giving them the most welcoming looks. But Razor says just don't think of it. Ever since the earthquakes, people have been acting a lot weirder. Eventually, they get to the castle and meet the king and queen of Meropis, King Puff and Queen Angelica. Now, the king is a pee-pee-poo-poo-piss baby and unironically flips the fuck out. It's indicable, insufferable. You can't just let anyone stamp around the temple grounds. We weren't even consulted. I'm so mad I could. And he just blows up like a puffer fish. Uh, cringe. Not cool. Not base. <laughs> L. Ratio. Now, uh... You're fat. <laughs> so, so now the Queen Angelica, who is an angler fish, doesn't even want to hear it. So, and she, like, kind of blames Coral for the night creatures that have been popping up. Now Sonic is just like, wait, hold on. I don't know what you're talking about. Coral seems... Seems pretty devout to me. So Angelica, and in a different scene, Pearly is talking to Rotor, kind of explaining everything that's been going on. The shield sustaining the city has been weakening. As a result, polluted waters have been coming into the city and people have been getting sick as a result. Night creatures have been coming out of the rift nearby. Plus, the city has enough to deal with in regards to Aklut and the Egg Army causing problems. So this is the same character from the old canon as well, but we haven't seen him yet. Let's just say he has a radically different design. Just gonna leave it at that. I do like Lord Hood was reused, and I like that they are also reusing uh, characters from the old universe that were not tied to he who shall not be named. In general, because... It shows that, like, yeah, they did come up with some nice, cute little character designs. They might as well find ways to reuse them, even if the redesign is radical. 
Now, Aquarius still hasn't come out of her cocoon, and also Pearly does wonders that they're going to blame Coral for this. So Coral insists that she's devoted, but Sonic's tops to say, hey, listen, there's a big piece that you've all been missing. It's not just you guys that's experiencing the weird phenomena. The whole planet has been ripped apart because Eggman tried to alter reality. The excess energy released some kind of dark matter from the planet, so we're here looking for a way to fix it. And uh, Puff takes a second and says, that's a stupid explanation. Angelica's not convinced either. If the planet really did split apart, then the oceans would be drained. Sonic or Amy can't really argue against that. They don't understand why that's happening either, but Amy swears of it. They saw it themselves when they were flying over here. And Angelica doesn't seem to understand the concept of planes because she thinks she can either fly with their ears or tails. Amy's getting a little, little booty blasted about that. Uh, she's kind of fucking mad. Actually, Amy's about to like fucking square up. She's about to be the one to cause an international incident. <laughs> but Sonic's just like, okay, nope, stop. As Stryker tells the Royals, Aquarius has not been reborn to Puff's surprise. This is the child that had blessed them for generations. Coral is just begging for more time. The spirits came to her, saying these land dwellers could help. But Angelica's had enough. Coral, you are stripped of your title and privileges. You have the night to gather your belongings. And as for the land dwellers, considering the situation, they can stay the night in the temple. But come morning, they have to leave too. Whatever a business that's not completed is your problem, not ours. And also, uh, they comment about how the dear princess was a candidate to be priestess, and yet she was chosen instead. Oh, too bad she's abroad right now. Oh, oh boy. They get back to the temple. Amy recounts the situation to Rotor, who's a little upset he can't finish the work in the shrine. Although Sonic is kind of peeved at Rotor dismissing Coral's situation. They have to focus on repairing the whole world, Rotor says, but Sonic views it... If we don't help the people along the way, who are we saving the world for? Should we really just skip over the people in trouble as we focus on the big picture? So this is also something I want to come up on because in the reading that I have been doing, this is something that does kind of stick around. Rotor constantly insists to just sort of like say, screw everything. We have a bigger picture here. We need to focus on that bigger picture, even if people have to be sacrificed along the way. And that does irk me. That doesn't seem like something that like, rotor would do in the old canon so i but i mm, i guess this is to sort of make him a more varied character the idea of rotor being more of a hard pragmatist where we have a job we've got to get it done i understand that we have to try and help people because we're the freedom fighters but the bigger picture is is more important and more in line here but that also is a bit of a betrayal of his older character, which I don't mind it necessarily as a shift, but it definitely doesn't seem fit for Rotor. Yeah, I, I guess this is just sort of like a situation where they do, or like, I guess Ian wanted to like create a little bit of conflict in the group and just went with Rotor as sort of like, this is... Maybe this is the best situation I can create here. Although, I don't know. Like, maybe as far as pragmatists go, Bunny could be better to have this sort of, like, sense. But I, I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, it's a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. It's not bad. Just weird. Yeah. Now, Amy gets in between the two of them as they're arguing, saying, okay, you gotta knock it off, apologize. And Amy just says, at the very least, maybe we can bring Coral along to the Sky Patrol, okay? We have the room at the very least, and Rotor agrees to that much. Though, Pearly overhears that and goes to Coral and Razor to tell them, Razor is, does not want to be exiled. 
But Coral, at the very least, is appreciated for that. It's it's not like I got anywhere else to go. But despite it all, still got to take care of the shield just one last time tonight. As the night monsters start to come out of the rift. Rotor comes out of the shrine. And then they offer the arrangement of the Sky Patrol. They say that they're, like, not disinterested. But Razor tells them that, like, I was never really around here anyway. So I honestly kind of don't mind putting some leagues between me and Marapis. But look, at the end of the day, I swore to protect Coral. Coral. So if she leaves, I'm going with her. Cute little touches. Uh, Crunch trying to get a nice nice big bite out of Sonic's cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Amy goes in to check on Coral and Pearly. And Coral freaking out because the rights don't seem to be working. The shield's not reinforced. And she thinks that, like, she killed Aquarius because she hasn't come out of the cocoon. Now, Coral has become a bawling mess. She's unable to be consoled. Uh, Amy asks Pearly, can you teach me the rites? I've never done it before, but, like, but the night creatures start to come out of the cave and into the temple as well as the city. So now people are in a panic. Stryker's trying to lead his men to fight and get the citizens to shelter. All the while, he thinks Coral did this on purpose. Now when the creatures swim up to the temple, Sonic, Rotor, and hesitantly Razor gearing up to fight them. Oh, it's going to be a long night for them, folks. Ah, yes, I can hear it now. I can hear it ringing in my ears. It's the music you all know. It's the music you all begrudgingly have to listen to. Hey, I kind of like the jazziness of it. It's not bad. Solid issue. Uh, Those guys are kind of huge assholes. Uh, We do not stand monarchy in this house. No. No, King Acorn's okay, though. He's okay. Uh, new, a new, new King, King Acorn. Acorn. New King Acorn's okay. We, we, we don't talk about. We don't talk about Max. Not anymore. That was story A. We do have a story B, continuing from the last story B again. Baker's the writer. Stanley's doing the art. So Tails, Sally, and Antoine. They look inside the door, and there's some really like pretty looking geode formations. It's all like stalagmites, stalactites, all sticking out from everything. So they think the Chaos Emerald's got to be somewhere in here. The three move their way inside. Tails tells everyone watch their steps. There's some steep drops and also badniks at the bottom, which are um impaled. Okay. Uh, Tails flies around the cavern. Nicole leads his way and tells Tails, hey, these, these crystals are actually selenite. They're not really valuable or useful, though, but hey. So Tails reaches into a hole in the wall and then yanks it out. The purple chaos emerald. How'd this get here? And Nicole's just like, don't don't say it was magic. Well, I mean, maybe it was. Kind of is. Hey. So he's got the emerald. He comes back to Antoine and Sally. They want to make an escape and just let Eggman waste his time looking for the emerald. But Sally, Sally kind of views this place as a really natural wonder. I think it'd be wrong for Eggman to destroy this, right? Nicole, though, tries to say, like, we, we kind of have to leave. But Sally decides to show her for herself. Slaps a power ring on her handheld. And then her hollow matrix is projected. Nicole looks around and says, no, no, you're right. Like, this needs to be protected. But then the security systems come back online. So now Sally is determined to let Eggman know they were here. And we took the emerald out for under him. And then several badniks come back online, including an E100 unit. And a 261. Solid issue. Uh, Good stuff going on here. Let us move to Sonic the Hedgehog issue 262. Great cover showing Sonic under the water being uh, attacked by the Dark Gaia monsters. Uh, it's 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 pretty atmospheric. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. It's been a while since he's done like a main book, I think, right? Yeah, I know. It's been a little. It's been a while. 
Uh, they're bolstering the uh, the team with uh, more artists. Sonic, Amy, Rotor, and Razor fighting off the Dark Gaia creatures, trying to drive them back into the water. When Rotor slices at one, it disappears into a cloud of purple smoke. Uh, Sonic thinks it must be made of the stuff seeping out of the planet. Amy, though, is worried that this is the same stuff that Sonic breathed in earlier, but Sonic says, Nah, eh, eh, shut up, just as Rotor finishes the last one off. Coral... She's safe, comes out of the shrine, but guilty over the fact that she kind of feels like she's responsible for these creatures popping up and the shield protecting the city has completely gone down. Razor says, get a hold of yourself. This is not your fault. The jerks and Marapis have been throwing you off. You can still bring up the shield. I know you can. Neither faith in each other has been swayed, but Sonic hears that those monsters have been attacking the city, so they gotta go help. However, Razor refuses to leave Coral's side, so Amy offers to stay with them as backup, leaving Sonic and Rotor to go out there and help. Air Charm's car put on, they now head into the exposed city. Stryker actually is doing his best to keep everyone safe as he, you know, takes one out, but he's about to be ambushed. Rotor swoops in to help. Little upset that these strangers came in uninvited, but thanks for your help all the same. Stryker refuses, though, to send any aid to the temple. Security of the city comes first. Plus, there's no knowing if the priestess can even get her act together. You know, former priestess, Sonic says. You got her fired, you know? Despite that, she's still trying to get the shield back up. She needs defense, but Stryker really says he can't send anybody. While also telling Sonic to get down, firing like a cannonball shot from his golden claw... Pretty it's, cool. Uh, it's pretty cool. Sonic agrees, uh, exclamating, dude, as he looks at it, as a uh, striker gives kind of like a Giga Chad stare. It's a pretty, pretty raw moment from him. Uh, maybe he is redeemable. Hmm. Maybe he is redeemable. Hmm. Now, Stryker says, all right, I'll regroup my men. You guys pick a battlefield and we'll fight. When Sonic and Rotor regroup, Sonic doesn't know if Stryker will send guys out for Coral. Rotor says the city guards were tough, but they can't handle this all night. So long as Coral can get the shield back up, then we won't have to, though. But then, Sonic and Rotor turn a corner and see a giant dark Gaia creature. As in the shrine, Amy is fighting off more of these things. Coral is still trying her best to raise the shield, but she can't do it. The normal rights only maintain the shield, not raise it. And Aquarius is still in the cocoon. Maybe she really did do something wrong, but Coral doesn't give it up. Trying to start with the song of the morning, and if not that, the mystic melody. Pearly is hurting the Chow away, although she kind of seems to be like afraid of them, so she's like keeping her distance a little bit. As another dark Gaia creature comes up behind her, Amy has to come smack it away. Pearly tells Amy that, you know, despite her finding the Chow creepy, it is the job of the Shrine Keepers to maintain them. So Amy has to give her the pep top. I've been in rough situations before, and I had to get through them to protect the ones I love. So look, be brave. Get these Chow to safety so we can focus on our jobs, okay? This leads Pearly to do her best in leading the Chow off on a line. Not too closely, though. D stay. Razor fights more off, telling Amy one got past him and is headed for Coral, takes care of it, but Pearly comes running to Amy to warn her about something. Y th there are two air charms missing. Yeah, Sonic and Rotor took them. No, they took the wrong ones. Ones that were not fully charged. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Now, uh, Sonic and Rotor in the city fighting the monster. They're actually winning. Sonic notes how even though he's still underwater, I'm still faster than these things. But then... They both notice that they're starting to breathe in water. Uh, the charm is running out. Rotor drags Sonic to bring him up to the surface for air, but the creature roars to grab them and slams them down onto the seafloor. Rotor can still fight, but Sonic is a land boy. He's losing oxygen as Rotor is trapped in its grasp. And then Sonic is a little angry, and he's kind of taking a purplish glow and... 
is like oh, turning. Uh, and that's where story A ends. We will save the conclusion for the next issue. We have moved to story B, the continuation of The Light in the Dark, Aaliyah Baker and Evan Stanley. So Sally Tales and Antoine and Nicole trying to get their way out of the mine, Chaos Emerald in hand. Just as they're making out the door free, Nicole generates a firewall to protect them from incoming fire. She shells at them, take cover behind the cars, but I can't maintain this for long. And then... She's shot in the eye, but it just breaks her hollow matrix. She's actually perfectly fine. The handheld bounced back to Sally. Their assailant is an E-1000 series robot, a mass-produced sharpshooter, which... Was it? This is from SA2, isn't it, right? Yes, 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 it the is. The ones that it's, look like uh, Gamma? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The plan is to keep it distracted while they trash it. Tail serves a distraction, Antoine goes in to slice it up, and Sally delivers the finishing blow with her energy arm blades. So they make their escape, Nicole just says ring energy was depleted, I'm all good, let's just get to the Sky Patrol. And then, as they fly back, Cream wants to hold the emerald, it's, you know, pretty cool and neat. And then, uh, Bunny kinda eggs Antoine, saying, like, you know, like, I said, nice to see that you went out to upgrade my wedding ring. He goes, oh, yeah, that, you know, you are worth something grand and all. But Bunny is just like, oh, come on. I was just ribbing you. Come on. Antoine's relaxed. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. It was just a funny haha. But, you know, if I were to give you a Chaos Emerald, I'd give you the green one. Matches your eyes. Yeah, come on. Ah, <laughs> this fucking guy. I swear to God, he's always out here with this shit. Anyways, we shift to the perspective of Sally and Nicole. Nicole staring wistfully out the window. The two of them talk a little. Nicole thanking Sally for the help earlier, uh, saying that she had forgotten that in that tiny computer, she forgets what it's like to live sometimes. It's always good to have friends to help pick us back up when we need them most. She ends on the line, after all, what's the point of restoring the planet if we can't save the things that make it special? Very poignant, very cute. It's a nice little ending to everything. Yep. All right. Welcome to Sonic the Hedgehog issue 263. Things are not looking good. No, folks. Flynn and Jam Paul, the creative team. As we open on Rotor getting crushed and Sonic having a bit of a moment. Running out of air, getting kicked. I'm losing it. Uh... Uh, that anger starts to boil to a rage as his, his mouth starts becoming more fang-like, and it stops as Rotor is thrust directly into him by the Dark Gaia monster. Sonic losing air and drowning. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, oh. In the shrine, uh, Pearly tells Razor that the air charm Sonic and Rotor took could have run out by now, so we gotta go get them. But he and Amy have their hands full with the night creatures, and more are coming in through the air holes in the ceiling now. We just gotta hold out here for Coral's sake, if anything. Inside the temple, Coral's running out of options, and she's just praying at the shrine, pleading with the spirits to come help her. Please don't let my failings doom everyone else. Then, out of nowhere... A voice speaks to her. She apologizes for not coming sooner. The state of the world affected everyone, mortal and spirit alike. But you have failed no one. But hinder not. Help is on the way. And the next thing we see... <laughs> we Sonic gasps, gaining air back into his lungs. And sees, next to him, now he clouded in a air bubble. The one, the only, Chaos! What the fuck, man? 
Where'd this fucking come from? <laughs> yeah, so I remember seeing this and just being blown the fuck away that this is happening. So, for those that do not remember, Chaos, after the end of Sonic Adventure 1, went into the Master Emerald along with Tikal. Chaos was also purged of all of the anger, hatred, and sadness in its heart and was purified, so to speak. So for it to just show the fuck up and help is so cool. I love this. You know, I am a big... F- it, it, again, it did kind of take me by surprise when I was reading it. But like, you know what? We're here to have fun. We're here to have fun. What's going to happen now? Chaos goes in to fight the Dark Gaia creature, commanding the power of the ocean to fight in its favor. Rotor believing this means the oceans are being held together by Chaos as well. So, all right, that's one mystery solved, I guess. That's pretty cool, too, considering that Chaos is the god of water. You want to know what I said earlier about, like, Ian plugging in the holes of Unleashed? Here's one hole plugged, guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Striker is extremely shocked to see Chaos the god of water and that they know him sonic says yeah you know i kind of uh i kind of helped them out with a little thing before coral must have used her connections to bring her here you still think that she's a lousy priestess now inside the temple they are completely surrounded by night creatures but is saved by echo and the rest of striker's guard they were sent to guard the temple it would be wrong if the temple had to fight for themselves so she then goes to go fight sonic but echo says i can't spare you an escort reminding amy you know you're needed here sonic will find a way inside the temple we now see coral with aquarius and it's been rebirthed from its cocoon as an angel chow this also comes with the idea that if you don't if you don't know the point of like the chow reincarnation cycle once it becomes an angel chow it's immortal now coral thanks the spirit for rescuing her but the spirit says no this is all you're doing if a chow is well taken care of as by you and all the priestesses before it will evolve into something special and eternal. So now, Aquarius can restore the protection of the city, and now Pearly needs help, and asks the spirit to help too. And she does so, introducing herself as Tikal. Can't have chaos without Tikal, huh, folks? Ah, yes. Tikal the goat has returned from, from the abyss. I, I gotta say, I always like seeing her. Definitely a character I wish we got more time with, so hopefully this arc in general brings her around a little bit more as, uh, you know, she's pretty cool. Coral asks Razor, go grab Pearly as we now move to Sonic and Rotor fighting the giant monster in the city. Once inside, she along with Coral and Takal, perform the mystic melody, leading a bright light to come out of the temple, which destroy the night creatures in the temple and in the city, leaving Sonic and Rotor to deliver the final blow. Now, with all that being said and done, Team Fighters now talking with the Royals again. Rotor says that upon looking into the situation, the pollution is actually coming from two crashed egg carriers. The ocean current sent it all to the city, not Coral's fault. So Sonic and Amy offer to take responsibility for the cleanup, you know, considering that, uh... Sonic kind of admits it was kind of his fault that happened, but Angelica says, no, no, you guys have done enough in driving back the monster horde, and you also showed us the error of our ways. Coral, can you please return to your priestess duties? And Chaos, I'm so fucking sorry. Oh my fucking god, please don't smite me. (laughs) 
<laughs> mauled. Imagine. Coral accepts, and she also communes that Chaos says all is forgiven. I, I think, at least. Later, inside the temple once more, Takal says to Sonic that she couldn't get to him any sooner because I can only manifest near points of power. And honestly, even then, it's a struggle. There's a dark energy poisoning the world. The source of these night creatures and the aggravation in people's hearts are the essence of Dark Gaia. She also says, in order to fight back this properly, we're gonna need the help of Light Gaia. Knuckles is looking for him as we speak. Pin in that. I don't know where the Gaia temples are exactly, but reach out to me with the Mystic Melody. You may. She is gone now. Coral, a little upset she didn't get to properly thank to call, but Amy tells her that she'll be back eventually. And then Coral also mentions, Amy picked up, you know, you picked up the, the Mystic Melody pretty fast. And all Amy's just like, oh, you know, I've always been a little gifted. Sonic finally calls to Rotor. Almost time to head out, man, but he's been restocking on power rings. There's, there's actually a little lake of rings here. Cute. And the Chow have been splashing around there. Cool. So we won't have to restock on the Sky Patrol's engines for a minute. At the end of it all, Razor thanks Sonic for his help saving their city and also helping bring Coral back to her old self again. You guys are welcome back anytime. And Sonic offers the same as much to them. Plus, now that Amy learned the Mystic Melody, we can track the Gaia temples down to the mile. We won't have to aimlessly search the floating tectonic plates. So hey, all's well that ends well, folks. But meanwhile, last scene in the rainforest, a sloth is talking to someone unseen, saying their training has honed them, but a fire still burns within you. And this person says that your training has given me focus, but not purpose. I need something to do with this power. And it reveals to be... Mighty, along with Ray, Sporting cute little redesigns. Mighty having some more pronounced shoes and gloves and Ray getting a cute little scarf and aviator goggles. This is also another thing about the reboot. Now that the world is more in line with the games, Mighty and Ray are no longer affiliated with the Chaotix as the assumption kind of was from the old world. So now, as it kind of is going to be explained going forward, they are like childhood friends of Sonic now. Makes sense, considering, um... Sega Sonic, right? Yeah, Sega Sonic, yes. And the uh, little adventure they all had. So I'm a fan of this. Uh, it's cool to see them back and being represented. I love that Ian uh, is big about these guys. And, you know, they they're always a treat to see. Uh, especially uh, Mighty when he uh, goes Giga Chad mode. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Story B. Baker and Stanley, again, the creative team. This is going to serve as an epilogue to the story that she's written so far. So we see two new egg bosses by the name of Cassia and Clove in the Mines Team Freedom Ransank. They're going to assess the damage. Cassia is a little pissed about the situation. She says she could have handled whatever happened here. The cybernetic she has, it gave her enhanced abilities. But when Clove sees the security files... It was disabled, then reactivated, so they got to see footage. Then they call in the Death Egg, report their findings to Eggman, determining that whoever these thieves are, are from Mobotropolis. Eggman clearly knows who they are. I know the annoying face of Miles Power when I see it. And they stole the Chaos Emerald. Awesome. Clove says, I don't want to make excuses. The mine location was secret, so unless there was some kind of security breach... Eggman quickly remembers about how Sally escaped the Death Egg. Ah, uh, uh, don't worry about that. Stand by for further instruction. As he calms off, understand Sally stole his data while he was stuck on the other side of the planet. So now I gotta pull more data to find another one, telling Orban Cubot get to work on that. As Eggman calls for his egg boss, Thunderbolt. On the other line, uh, this new egg boss says this is perfect timing. I was gonna call to have we have a confirmed Chaos Emerald sighting. I was about to send it out in the next couple hours, but actually tells no. 
you guys keep it there. I'm not letting you have it, but we want to have it as bait for someone who dared to go behind my back. An idea she's 100% on board with, folks. We'll get back to that in the future. Yes, we will. Now that we've finished our mainline comic portion, I think it's time for another one of those little uh, backstory dumps uh, that, you know, we sort of were a little in the dark about. We've been getting these formats now, not as in like the proper books anymore, but actually as part of a kind of re-release magazine that Archie was doing called Sonic Super Digest. It's this, and also they kind of repurposed the Super Special, calling it the Super Special Magazine. It's all just kind of reprints of particularly Ian's works, even in pre-boot Archie, and also some of Mike Gallagher's work as well. You can guess why others were not involved in the reprints. Yeah. Yes, yeah, let's, let's, the less we say about it, the better. This story is called Little Lost Soldier. Flynn is the writer, Wells is the artist. So now we're focusing on Antoine, another, uh, interesting character who, I think his new backstory is the one that's the most different, but still, like, recognizable enough. We begin with Sonic defeating the Scorpion Mech. As Antoine looks from afar, everything's going good, we're all good. But fighting these nightmarish robots, I do not remember this is what I signed up for. He remembers back before Eggman deposed the king. He came to Mobotropolis on an apprentice exchange program from his home country. Didn't know the politics behind it, but all I knew is that it was an honor to be here. And he had his father's sword at his side. He swore loyalty to the kingdom of Acorn. Unfortunately, not for long, though, as he had to flee when Eggman deposed the king. In his opinion, he failed, but he swore at the very least not to fail his daughter. Plus, he was a little, a little too scared to leave Knothole. Antoine actually grew to love Sally, tried to court her, as he describes it, but she turned him down. He didn't understand why at the time, so he tried to put up this brave act, but when they met Sonic and joined on his adventures, that's when it opened his eyes. He would then later meet Bunny, and sees her struggle to walk with her roboticized legs. He thinks of her as someone who suffered so much, but just refused to give up. Together, they joined the Freedom Fighters, but even then, he was still afraid. Then one day, he admits to Bunny, my father sent me here to be brave, but it's not that. I'm, I'm on honestly just too scared to run away but bunny says no listen true bravery comes in moments when you are afraid you're out here so far from home and yet you stay true to your friends and that bravery is what keeps me fighting too damn that is very cute folks doubling down our man antoine nuts up and that's the moment where he proposes to bunny he says it was the scariest thing he's ever done but she was brave enough to make him ask Wow. I, I I gotta say the recontextualization of their relationship is absolutely wonderful. It's it's really good. It's definitely the most familiar thing that's kept behind. Definitely. Antoine says, no, this is what I signed up for. Every single adventure and with Bunny at my side. Then Antoine's flashback is broken when Sally pokes at his side, spooking him, said, okay, where's Bunny at? Uh, the other side of the map. So the two charge to link up to her, Antoine running behind with his sword at the ready. Very nice to see this development of Antoine, seeing that even though now he is a little bit more of a brave boy, still had to work towards it, but I'm very happy to see that it was kept together in a great way. Yep, absolutely. Pretty fun, love it. Now we get to have fun, folks. Are you ready for this? All right, all right. In a post-reboot world, a world where many Echidna original characters were not created, in a world where there is only one Echidna, unknown from M.E., he says, as he chuckles, 
unlike a certain blue hedgehog. We find Knuckles the Echidna, the last guardian of the Master Emerald, as our central protagonist in Sonic Universe, issue 63. The Great Chaos Caper. Flynn and Yardley are the creative team, of course. Our opening panel takes place on the Shrine Isle of Angel Island as Knuckles screams out, Why is my island sideways? Excellent way to start the comic. <laughs> yes, we are on the zero hour of the Shattered World Crisis. Knuckles is going, Dude, what the fuck is going on right now? As shattered pieces of the planet rise up into the sky to the altitude of Angel Island. So Knuckles has no clue what the fuck is going on. And as he sees behind, Chaos fucking leaves the Master Emerald and jumps into the water. <laughs> he said, deuces and dipped. And he's like, dude, where are you going? And then Tikal is like, calm down. I don't know what's going on. But the planet shattering actually is not unnatural. But the way it actually is happening is, there's supposed to be a light spirit to guide this scenario, but something's gone awry. The spirit is manifested, but it's weak, and it might not be able to help in its current state. So Knuckles to Takal says, I'm willing to go down to the surface, the surface, to, to find the spirit and, you know, let them do their thing. But I need someone to watch over the Master Emerald for that. So now Knuckles moves to the launch base zone, finding... There are two people there. A girl by the name of Relic the Pika, she's an archaeologist, and a robot helper named Fixit, which is a gizoid. Alright, so, gotta talk about these two. Mm -hmm. Rare that we have original characters interacting with Knuckles. All, all I'll say is, is that it, her introduction is kind of nowhere. Relics is, at the very least. We get more about her, but just to satiate you guys... All I'll say is that she met Knuckles at the moment the Angel Island fell out of the sky during the events of Sonic Adventure. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, we'll find more about it later, but that's where, that's how they met. All right. Well, Fixit calls out to Relic that Knuckles is present. Knuckles asks Relic what's wrong, to which she responds that the planet has gone to pieces and she can't contact anyone on the surface. Relic begins to ramble. You know, she's trying to pull data logs and I'll fix it, but Eggman overwrote the data. I don't know how to work computers either. And Knuckles says, okay, look, I get your frantic. Just, you know, keep, keep it a breather here. We don't know what's going on. So they're going back and forth on the island. The, the island's okay for now. Relic reminds Knuckles about how she convinced him to stick around. Plus, Knuckles says ultimately it might actually be safest here for now. This leads to Knuckles to kind of strugglingly get it out of his system. Uh, I need help to protect the Master Emerald. You're, you're quite serious. He says, yeah, look, I, I don't have time to hunt down anyone else right now. So can you guys do it? And she says, yes, me and Fixit are on it. Don't worry. And of course, we are to just watch the Master Emerald. No touching. Okay, no touching. Got it. We now transition. Ahem. You already know it's me, the fire free knuckle. Alright, so so yeah, we're at Pumpkin Hill. You ready? Knuckles glides off to Pumpkin Hill. I hope things are quiet on the island. I hate being gone so long. You think finding a spirit tied to the world's health would be easy, even if he is weakened. Just how weak can something like that be? My specialty is finding treasure, not spirits. But then again, given all the supernatural stuff I've dealt with, I guess I am pretty qualified for the job. This duty was entrusted to me. The world needs to be restored. So I better get to finding that spirit and not get sidetracked. As he looks around to find a bunch of Dark Gaia monsters. 
Knuckles goes on a rampage, beating them up nonstop before getting a bit overwhelmed. And then the Chaotix come to the rescue. Guest starring the Chaotix. Love it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, It. hey, it's... It's Knuckles Chaotix, baby! So unfortunately, though, it doesn't last, and the Chaotix have to fight with Knuckles as they're overtaking the monsters. They calm down. Hey, boys, how it's going? Been a minute. But Vector says, yeah, you know, it has been a minute, but you know how it is. All part of the detective work. All right. World splits apart. Monsters roam in the world, and now you're off your island. So what are you doing all the way at Pumpkin Hill? Knuckles says he's on a mission. SBL says it's better important if they let the Master Emerald unguarded. I didn't say anything about it being unguarded. They wonder what they mean by that as Knuckles comments, Oh, I, I, I guess you guys haven't met her yet. Don't worry about it. Vector uh, kind of rips <laughs> them a little bit. It's like, oh. oh, Knuckles has a new buddy on his flying paradise. You sly echidna. Ah, is she cute? Eh, eh. And Knuckles just gives him the shut the fuck off. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, you know, in a in another time, I can't. No. I can't. I can't. I gotta stop myself. I gotta stop myself. You know, yeah, just... Vector would have said a, a, something a little. A little more gamer of him, if you a catch my drift. A little more gamer! <laughs> Chaotix, boys, what are you guys doing all the way out here? Vector brags, we were hired by THE Princess Sally to find the Chaos Emeralds. That's right, the world-famous Freedom Fighters having us pick up their slack. Charmy kind of laughs, saying, Oh no, Sally just asked to help save the world, and Vector asked for a royal handout. So we're still negotiating terms of the contract. Yeah, like if you want mayo on your sandwich. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, oh, oh! Base Charmy? <laughs> Base department? <laughs> SPO asks that since Knuckles is here, you mind giving us a hand? As Knuckles agrees. Yeah, sure. If the emeralds are key to saving the world, then the spirit that I'm looking for may be drawn to it. According to Sally's stolen Eggnet data, there's an emerald in this general vicinity. So Knuckles has the ability to use the Master Emerald's power to kind of douse for the emerald. And he does detect it, and it's moving. Uh, Vector does not like the thing that it's moving. Maybe he got beat to it. Eggman hired Mercs to find the emeralds while his forces deal with the Shattered World Crisis. So they're on the move heading south. Knuckles gliding, Charmy following behind... And he's carrying Espio and Vector with a sling ring, which is the thing from Knuckles Chaotix, if you kind of understand how that is. Yeah, it's uh, very cute. Uh, I think something that's important to note is that Knuckles using, again, it's another little thing. It's the fact that, you know, as the song suggests, a great emerald's power allows me to feel. The fact that the emerald radar is represented here as a sonar sort of detection matching its fucking use in-game. Again, it's the consistency. It's tying the game elements into the comic world in a really, really cohesive way. And it feels natural, too. Like, you read it and you go, oh, I know what that thing is. Yeah. It makes yeah, it makes sense. Oh, this this seems very natural. It seems like it could just be part of the world. When they're passing by the ghost train, uh Charmy comments how it's giving them creepy vibes. Knuckles just says, "Look, just ignore it. If we do, the ghost will probably leave us alone." Charmy tries to laugh it off though. <laughs> ghost, you're trying to scare me with the silly ghost stories. Haha, <laughs> very funny, Knuckles. Knuckles says, "No, no, this place is crawling with spirits. You know, there are ghosts in Sandopolis too, but like, eh." And then uh Charmy freaks the fuck out that there are real ghosts and he flies off dropping the sling ring uh nearly dropping espio and vector to their deaths 
but Knuckles catches the ring. It's all good. And then Vector, uh, once once like Knuckles like latches onto a, a wall or something like that, uh, Vector is just like, eh, let's use the sling ring. Let's use what we have on hand. But the only option was to fly off a of Charmy's feet. Do you really think it's a good idea for all of our weight to be on a 10 kilogram B? No comment. They get to solid ground. Charmy's nowhere to be seen, but we've got to keep it moving. Vector seriously asking, you know, uh, we, we kind of do have a job to do. Like, what if, what if we just, like, leave Charmy behind? Kind of, what the fuck, Vector, number one. What the fuck? Estio like... brings up a really good point and says the fact that we'd be abandoning a child in a darkest, inhospitable canyon full of ghost monsters and mercenaries who are Eggman's payroll. <laughs> the panel after is just Vector deep in thought for a second, like, Huh. Oh, you're right. God. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, okay, fine, you got me, but I'm not sharing my reward sandwich with him. <laughs> As they climb, Vector yells at Knuckles for joking about ghosts with Charmy, but Knuckles again says, no, I wasn't joking. There are ghosts here. You've seen them too. Why do you think that I've been making these things up? And Vector and Espio kind of share a look of concern as Knuckles just like, Oh, come on, are you fucking serious? This isn't the time for you guys to get scared either. I said I would help, not do everything for you. Climb! They reach the top of the rock. Knuckles asking if Espio is afraid of the ghost too. D not afraid of anything. You're just projecting. Shut up. Though nearby, they hear something. There's crying sounds from a pumpkin. They open it up. Charmy was hiding in there. Charmy says, look, I I'm sorry for dropping you guys and flying off. Knuckles asks, like, hey, wait a minute, like, are, are you afraid? Why are you afraid of ghosts? You fought Eggman's bad guys, like, a lot. You know, like Metal Overlord. And Charmy is just like, oh. Oh, yeah, you're right, I did do that. I got nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Charmy is uh, reinvigorated. All right. The team's back together. Knuckles, Chaos Emerald status. Uh, I think the Emerald is moving deeper. At the bottom of the canyon, there's an entire mining network, but it was abandoned a long time ago because of the gut circumstances. <laughs> so then they asked, why are they moving underground? Oh, because they're low lives, but I'm Tish. Wow, that was uh, that was so horrible that Vector face palms. And then before they know it, several explosions hit them and a laser blast. Uh, is that a badnik horde? Nope. Worse, Vector says. It's our competition being found... By the boys, Team Hooligan. Ah, yes. Bean, Bark, and Knack here and ready to tango. And now, Sonic Universe, issue 64. Flynn and Yardley again, the creative team. Now, Team Chaotix and Hooligan are facing off. Knuckles comments on how the Emerald was on the move away from them, but since they're here now... As Knack says, all right, listen, if you guys cooperate with us, you guys can leave this place alive. Knuckles takes that as fighting words, so they go in and scramble. Knack tries to shoot at Knuckles. No avail. Vector's tangled up with Bark, leaving Bark to grab Vector's mouth and just slam him into the ground. Charmy tries to fight Bean, but he calls a timeout, uh, cause his word balloon is upside down. So now he can, <laughs> he can break the fourth wall. We're fucked, guys. We're all fucked. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like this is going to be a consistent thing moving forward that Bean now has fourth wall break powers. Is, is this just what happens now? There's a lot of things that happen <laughs> with this fucking guy. How, how can one man be so based? Like, I don't get it. We love it, folks. We love it. Now, Knack demands Knuckles hand over their Chaos Emerald, but Espio says, no, we know you have the Emerald, but then Bean uh, fixes his speech bubble up, says, hey, guys, hold on. They don't have it. We don't have it. Then maybe nobody has it. 
And then they kind of stop for a second. They go, oh shit, yeah, he's right. Knack and offers a truce. The Emerald Radar shows that the Emerald is in this position. Knuckles says he sensed it too, but it's below in the mine. Oh, well, the altimeter on my bike has always been a little wonky. Well, at least we know where to go. Uh, Bean, give us cover. And then Bean, uh, creates a payload, drops it all the Chaotix, screaming, Ninja Vanish! And then, <laughs> when they escape, Espio peers over to get the last word, and that is not how Ninja Vanished! Vector is a little upset knowing they got the drop on them, but Knuckles says we still have an advantage. I've been in those mines before. I can still sense the emerald. So while the hooligans are lost, we know where to find the emerald. Now, Espio, though, still says we have the speed advantage. Charmy says, okay, then we can just channel our inner sonic whoosh. And he kind of does a peel out kind of move in the air. Never seen anything like that. So that's an interesting sight. Yeah, a little, a little interesting. Knuckles says, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Let's just move. Uh, Knuckles leads the way. We're going to Church Mountain. And from there, we fly straight down. Then as they go, Knuckles thinks to himself, he doesn't mind lending the Chaotix a hand, but my own mission is being pulled away from. I need to find that spirit and get back to the Master Emerald. Now, we then move for a second. Relic's still in launch base on Angel Island, uh, trying to get the old network back up, but it's still not working. And seeing as Knuckles tasked her with keeping watch over the island, I think having a monitoring network would be helpful. Man, you'd think that if Knuckles' ancestors built this network, they'd have a way to talk to each other. No comment. She mentions to fix it that Knuckles does use the old tech, but all he knows is that it works, not how it works. But at least fix it can help along. No, glad to find you under that rubble. Fixit decides to plug himself directly into the computers, and when he does so, he gets hit with a power spike. He's fine, just not used to the Eggman systems. But I did detect something in Mushroom Hill. It seems foreign. Almost alien. Uh-oh. <sighs> I think I know what that is. So Relic thinks, uh, let's go investigate. Fixit follows along. Let let's go carefully. Meanwhile, the Chaotix have arrived to the Aquatic Mine, another SA2 stage. The reboot is pulling a lot from Adventure 2 now that I think about it. This is, ah, yes. this uh, is kind peak, of a... Peak, peak video games. Of course, of course, Ian would uh, would pander to me and me specifically <laughs> with this reboot. Mood. Knuckles still detects the Emerald. It's a stronger presence and still moving. Then SVO asked, hey, Knuckles, um, how exactly can you detect the Chaos Emeralds? All he knows is that it's really just like a sixth sense for me. All the best treasure hunters know what they're looking for, though. Charmy says, hey, wait, what, what do you mean? How can you hunt for treasure when you're supposed to guard the Master Emerald? Leave me alone. What, a guy can't have hobbies? Jesus. All right, cute. I like it. Charmy flies off. Knuckles asks, like, okay, why why do you keep him around? As Espio just is like, would you leave him on his own to fend for himself? He's like, eh, okay. And Vector even says, we write him off as a charitable cause on the taxes. Oh, Jesus, man. <laughs> Why you gotta keep it like that, man? Damn. Charmy finds a bumper switch, almost about to touch it, but Knuckles says, no, 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 no. These switches change the water level, and for some reason, they still work. I don't know why it was done like this. Maybe the miners couldn't find a way to drain the water. I don't know. However, Knuckles says, time keeps slipping, so hey, Charmy, why don't we, why we have fun? Let's play a game, Charmy. Find the emerald. Before the other guys do. Then they enter a mine shaft, seeing where the path was cracked when the planet split apart. So they have to fly over the magma. Knuckles asked, hey guys, where were you when the planet split up? Espio says that they were pretty far from a fault line, but everything shook and Nora was untouched. Honestly, kind of makes me wonder how the hooligans can live with themselves. A scene of the hooligans. Knack and Bean are trying to make sense of their radar, but they keep getting roadblocked. Then Bar kind of lets out the stress sigh, leaving Knack, oh what, do you have issues over we pay contracts from? Or 
do you just want to, like, let the world set itself out? Like, it always does. So if you got a problem, speak up. Oh, what? That's nothing? Oh, okay, yeah. So now, Matt continues driving to the Emerald. Meanwhile, the boys are climbing up the aquatic mine, finding the uh, little ghost lines on the uh, the side of the mine. Uh, and Vector uses it to scare the ever-living shit out of Charmy. Asya says, don't don't tease him again. But Knuckles says, no, that's actually a good call-out. I did run into ghosts while I was here last time. And then the Chaotix all get nervous again. But Knuckles is like, okay, like, what, what the fuck is this? What is going on here? Vector says, look, man, like, our usual cases aren't supernatural. Usually we only deal with lost wallets or paranoid spouses, okay? But then Knuckles says, okay, listen. The thing about these ghosts, they're either physical or vapor. In order for them to hurt us, they have to be physical. And if they can hurt us, we can hurt them. Simple as. Vector says, like, oh, wait, yeah, that actually doesn't make sense. Espio and Charmy agree. The Knuckles assures them, though. Last time I was here, I'm pretty sure I cleaned the place out. So nothing supernatural going on here. As we then see Dark Gaia monsters crawling out of the fissure. They continue. Espio sees a pool of water. Knuckles says that's probably one of the many flooded tunnels. Can't hold my breath that long, so let's just keep it moving. I can still feel the emerald moving, but we're getting closer. Espio wonders, maybe we made a wrong turn, but then Knuckles is, gets even more frustrated now. If the emerald is moving, the Chaotix wonder maybe the emerald got washed into the mine or maybe grabbed by a third party. Now he thinks the hooligans beat them to the emerald, and then he kind of like freaks out a little bit, and he like grabs Knuckles by the legs and the torso, face to the ground, and is like using him like a fucking metal detector. <laughs> Knuckles is not happy about this. It kind of flips the fuck out. Kind of saying, yeah, I'm not doing your job for you anymore. Stop, man. Now, I will say, feels a little out of character for Knuckles to freak like this. Yeah, he seems like, well, I, 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 don't, I don't see him as a character with a short fuse. Let's put it like that. I, I get that dealing with people can be a little tough for him, but. And in general, eh. in general. Yeah. Says, listen, I'm not going to fight your enemies and play babysitter through ghost stories for you anymore. Vector tries to calm him down, but thinks, you know what? Look, man, okay, fine. We'll go our separate ways. Can you just at the very least point us in the right direction? So Knuckles douses again and says, wait, the, the Emerald's coming right for us. And then they turn the corner and they find the red chaos Emerald they were looking for being carried by Chip. Oh, that's where he is. That's I was wondering when he'd show up. Hey, hey, wait, hey, Lizzie, hey. Was Chip Stick wanting to get ice cream? Where the fuck's his ice cream? So that's actually the interesting thing. They really do kind of recontextualize Chip in this story because in Sonic Unleashed, Chip was the first one that Sonic met after being uh, yeeted out from space. So like they kind of have to like retool a lot of things. So Knuckles being the person to find him. Okay, makes sense. And also from the get-go, we're told he's like Gaia. Again, another deviation from the games, but I am interested to see where it will go. Now, Sonic Universe 65, Flynn and Yardley. The creative team, folks. Chip's got the emerald. Knuckles figures this might be the spirit he's looking for. Plus, he's carrying the emerald. Both missions accomplished. Sick. However, Chip is a little freaked out by them and flies away. Knuckles tries to call for him, but Vector gives chase, saying, all right, come on, let's go. He's carrying three months' rent. Bro, I... Hey, yo, hey, yo. Oh, God. Hey, yo, my man, I know we're in a fucking recession right now, but come on. Damn, dude. With inflation, that's two months' rent. 
Oh, it's rough out here, boys. Vector dives for Chip as he hides in a minecart, leaving him to get a face full of gravel. Espio continues chasing him, but he ends up slipping into a hole in the floor, leaving Charmy to chase after him. Now Chip is cornered. The Chaotix do end up finding him, but he's still freaking out. Knuckles uh, digs his way into the dead end, saying, Chaotix, boys, you're freaking him the fuck out. Relax. You'll finish your goddamn mission. Chill. Knuckles brings Chip in. I'm gonna protect you, okay? I'm here to help on the mission, too. I'm not here to steal the emerald from you. And Estio says we were hired to collect the emeralds to help save the world. And then Chip kind of whispers to himself, save the world. Oh, that's what it's for. So... Our boy here has amnesia. He knows the emerald's important for something, but he doesn't know what exactly. I woke up with this nearby a couple days ago. Been wandering with it ever since. Explains why he's not been doing his duty. Vector, though, interrupts. Can... Okay, can, can we, like, just take the emerald so we can, like, afford groceries now, please? These guys are down bad. Holy fuck. I feel bad for them. Knuckles just holds him back saying, all right, keep your headphones on. Look, Chip, I can take you to someone who can help you remember. Just stick with me, all right? And Chip agrees and hands off the Chaos Emerald. So now they're on the walk. Chip says, look, I genuinely don't remember anything, not even my own name. Just just bits and pieces of memories. It's like chocolate chips without a cookie to hold them. <laughs> so that inspires Charmy to say, all right, but we can just call you Chip for now. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to them, they are being followed by more Dark Gaia creatures. But he's happy he's got his purpose now. Knuckles, though, warns Chip, we gotta be careful. This mine is pretty, pretty dangerous. Then around the corner, Chip ends up being grasped by Bark. The hooligans are revealed now. All right, give us the Chaos Emerald. You can have this thing back, okay? Okay, okay. Then, uh, meanwhile, in Angel Island, Relic and Fix-It are going through Mushroom Hill at night to find what Fix-It detected. There is some kind of, kind of branch, a red and black branch with thorns sticking out the ground. Fix-It says that the energy readings he had are much lower now. Relic looks at the soil. You know, I'm not a podologist, but I can tell definitely the soil was rot of its nutrients. And you know, I'm no botanist, but this flora is definitely not native to this region. Man, someone here has planted a rather ghastly garden. Takes a sample of the soil. Relic takes one of the thorns off the plant to analyze it, but fortunately we don't have anything to analyze it with. Relic, though, thinks maybe there's something we could use on the crashed flying battery. You know, for all Eggman's faults, he built some pretty fucking resilient tech. I just hope it's user-friendly. It was not user-friendly. Unbeknownst to them, they were being spied on from the shadows by Eclipse. Put in that, he'll be there. In the aquatic mine, the Chaotix and the Hooligans still in their fight. Chip is able to break free of Bark's grasp, pulling his beanie over his eyes, distracting for Knuckles to take him out. Bean lobs some bobs towards Vector, still grasping the Chaos Emerald, and the explosions break a hole in the wall, and the cave starts to flood. Okay, new plan. He grabs the Emerald from Vector. Chip, get out of here. Fly to Angel Island, a landmass high above everything else. And look for someone by the name of Relic with the Master Emerald. She's a friend. She'll help you. Now Chip goes away with the Emerald. Chaotix and Hooligans are running out of the mine shaft before it floods over. And in a more open space, they find a uh, a Dark Gaia Titan monster. The big boy, if you can think of it as. It is physically holding down Nax Spike. Now it swings its club over to the Chaotix. Knuckles really telling Chip, get out of here and we're going to break this thing's face. Bean and Bark going for it too. But Nax says, no, 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 hold off. We still have a job to do. 
Knack grabs the emerald from Chip. He's trying to shake him off, but he's not letting go. And after shaking him off real bad and makes him dizzy, they say, okay, fuck it. We got to kidnap this thing too. Maybe Eggman will give us some kind of bonus. Finally, telling Bean, close off all but one exit, all right? Fortunately, the Chaotix have the Titan on the ropes. Bean places charges all around the mine. And then Knack makes his escape with Chip and the emerald in tow. As they go, the bombs all go off as Bean fires another charge at the exit behind them. The Chaotix now realize that they're trapped, the battlefield is taking in water, and the Titan is still active and nearly crushes them. Espio says, okay, we need to rescue Chip later. Right now we have to deal with this thing. And Knuckles realizes if we don't crush it, then we're gonna drown. So now we got some high stakes, big moments. Not looking good though. It is definitely not looking good. Ooh, it's picking up my man. All right. We move on to issue 66, the final part of the Great Chaos Caper story arc. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. Cooligans are escaping on Knack's bike. Chip and Emerald are ready. Knack gloats how they won. Oh, Eggman's going to pay a fortune for these goods. Though Bean kind of doesn't really have a good attitude about it. My man's just going like, man, where was the zaniness? The schadenfreude? Yeah, there were some explosions and scuffs, but where was the heart of it all? The adorable antics. The pizza I ordered an hour ago. This man ordered pizza? Like, bro, you're out on a job. Come on. <laughs> And Knack is just like, no, no, I'm not going to let you ruin this for me. We had a job and we did it. And best of all, we eliminated the competition. The Chaotix are still seen in the mines fighting the Dark Gaia Titan on a ticking timer as the mine floods and threatens to drown them. Charmy says every which way is blocked. The tunnel we found earlier is the only way out and we can't hold their breath long enough to swim through it. Now Vector is thrown near a water level switch and then remembers how Knuckles talked about it and says, all right, plan. All right, everyone, distract the Titan and everyone get near the switch. Just hold your breath and trust the plan. He has Espio throw a kunyai to the switch and then the water drains through the tunnel. The chaotic swimming with the current and out the tunnel light at the end. Hooligans arrive to the center of the mine, home free as the rush of water comes out from an opening drain. Chaotix concluded, everyone is drenched now as well. Now Bean is just like... Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> Absolute maniac. We love we love to see him. Fortunately, Knack is a little dejected. God, it's not fair. We finally won. And he pulls his gun on Knuckles. But uh, when he pulls the trigger, only water comes out of it. Sad. Chip is free. Chaos Emerald included. All seems well. But uh, they hear noises from the tunnel that they came out of. And then the Titan comes crawling its way onto the end, much more water spewing out. Knack slips, about to fall several stories as Chip runs away with the emerald. He's reunited with Knuckles. All that's left is to leave here alive. On the flying battery wreckage on Angel Island, fix it. Hacked into Eggman's computers and analyzed the samples. So Eggman used the flying battery originally as both a battleship and a research station, but the database couldn't identify the samples. Relic says, while she shudders to think of it, really hope the system is buggy, because otherwise that means that these flora are not of this world. So meanwhile, on the Red Mountains, we see on the crashed ship, inside being Eclipse. He's kind of bemoaning that the Black Arms really should have just destroyed this planet. Forget all the harvesting, but he bring him some little, like, fruit pods to feed his Dark Arms with. Eat, little ones. Grow big and strong. I need that so we can take our revenge. And then he sees on his ship some data footage of Shadow, and he just kind of claws at the screen. 
Yes. So we move back to the aquatic mind zone as uh, Vector tries to come up with uh, a way to deal with the dark guy of Titan. Uh, but Charmy has a quick and simple solution. Hey, Bean, that monster says your bombs are wimpy. It says it sees bigger explosions in a microwave. It says he's heard more bang from a sheet of bubble wrap. Owned. Bean takes a very measured response and hits us with the three-panel deep look into a cross eye and then starts throwing bombs like mad. Words get hurt, you jerk. I'll teach you for saying me things, you mouthless freak. (laughs) (laughs) Bean keeps throwing at this point. Do I come to your place and tell you how to do your job? No, it's called professional courtesy. Don't sass me. And then Vector kind of pulls everyone in for like a little team discussion. And Knack is like, oh, Jesus Christ. Why didn't he do that in Empire City when we were busted on the job? When we were stuck in the vault? Wait, why do we tolerate him again? (laughs) Knack kind of realizes he's talking to Bark. So it's like, okay, whatever. Let's just get that emerald, okay? And now in the background, we see SVO camouflaged. He's quickly reprogramming the radar on Nack's bike, and then quickly they drive off, unaware to what had happened. So Nack doubles back to Knuckles, he's looking for Chip, but he says, nah man, the Chip and the Emerald are gone, and his radar confirms it, it's on the move again. So they grab Bean, lobbing one last bomb, and head off, leaving the Chaotix to finish off the Titan. As Bean says, you know, I feel spiritually cleansed after that. Yeah. Now, Knuckles then jumps up to its eye, slams his fists a few times, and... With that, it's all over. One punch, dissipated. Now, with that's all done and dusted, Charmy says he'll go get the emerald. And tells Vector, all right, buddy, uh, you can let Chip go now. And then um, he opens his mouth. That's where he was hiding Chip. And Chip is clearly traumatized by that. Charmy's got the emerald now. It's all good. Espio says he scrambled the hooligans tracker so badly, they're going to be chasing fake emerald readings for days. And now, with all done and dusted, they climb back up to Pumpkin Hill. Just as the sun rises, Knuckles saying the sight of this really just kind of makes you forget about the world, don't you think? Vector is uh, very excited to collect his finder's fee, but Knuckles tells him, look, man, honestly, I think the best place for the emerald is for me right now. Eventually, these hooligans will realize that they were dupe and they'll come looking for you, running the risk stealing the emerald again. But Knack would know better than to come to Angel Island. So for now, I'll hold on to the one we got and you can deliver it to the rest of the emeralds you find with Sally at the same time. I'll even do it for free. Vector even takes Knuckles' word for it. And you better. I know where you live. Time passes. Knuckles is back home on Angel Island, Shrine Isle. He's talking to Decal, recounting the adventure. Chip and the Emerald they got next to her. She says Light Gaia will be crucial to solving the crisis. Chip just says, honestly, I kind of prefer just being called Chip. And she's like, all right, yeah, sure. What's more important is restoring your memory and the link to your powers in the end. And also, it was pretty smart for you to bring the Chaos Emerald back. Maybe it could help restoring Chip's memory. Knuckles says, look, I'm going to help you out more, but right now, I I need some shut-eye, okay? Just as Relic comes in screaming for Knuckles, trying to say, hey, while you were gone, I found something. But she uh, gets distracted by Tikal, introduces herself. I'm a spirit bound to the Master Emerald. Born in a time when the indigenous tribes ruled the land, before Angel Island went to the sky. Then, uh, Relic kind of fangirls out saying, Ritukal, you have to tell me everything. And Knuckles just like, Ayo, uh, what's the problem? And she says, oh, wait, right, yeah, I forgot to mention, um, Angel Island is in the middle of an alien invasion. Ah, I see. Uh Uh-huh, okay. 
Now, uh, finally, aboard the Death Egg, the hooligans report their failure to Eggman, saying they came across these monsters and all that, and Eggman's like, yeah, yeah, look, I know about these dark energy creatures of the planet. It would be fascinating if it's not draining my forces, but maybe if I could harness that power. Ah, whatever. Look, Eggman yells at the hooligans saying, listen, you're still going to get me an emerald, and this time for free. But lucky you, I know just where you can get one, and shows them the image of a flyer of the Chaos Emerald Championship at Casino Park Arena. It's the end of the story. We'll, we'll pick up back on that later in a future episode. But that's the end of The Great Chaos Caper, the part two of the Dark Trilogy. I'm not going to lie, the next Sonic Universe arc is probably my favorite. Because uh, <laughs> it gets a little fun. And how they kind of bridge the last two arcs together. I'm looking forward to it. The next part of the Sonic comics as well. Also fun stuff. I'm very much looking forward to it. And having the origin stories be in between as like a little buffer to it all. That's a nice pace we've got going for ourselves, I think. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wonderful. I mean, this was a little bit of a simple episode. It's more like setting stuff up to the larger story in tow. And I mean... Uh, listen, folks, this is episode 47. Um, another something special is going to be happening real soon. Uh, it, it kind of feels like it's happening so fast because it feels like we just did Worlds Collide, but I'm still looking forward to it. Hey. I, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's about to get wild in here. Oh, yeah. Especially when we get to the Chaos Emerald Championship. That's a fun arc. But anyway, I, we're getting ahead of ourselves that was the end of all the comics that we've got for today. Aaron, what'd you think of everything today? I, I honestly thought today's set was pretty solid. Um, Just good stories, well-written, well-paced. Not a lot to say from me. The analysis is not really there as much anymore, Uh, if, if you've noticed. Because I, I feel like the, the stories are really speaking. They're really just telling us how they're constructed and made and 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 flowing a lot more coherently and without a lot of the previous baggage it just it feels good it feels nice it know? feels free especially next time on the archie sonic digest we're gonna have uh some things to talk about real fun arcs to talk about next i can't wait can't wait folks thanks again for watching we'll see you next time on the archie sonic digest peace